Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the OBR Newswire podcast. It is your Tuesday edition, May 12th. This is Jake Burns, your host. And we're coming at you in what is continuing to be a dry time in the Twitter world, in Browns news and all of it. We have crazy, ridiculous, fake rumors that are being posted about a Miles Garrett trade that would never happen. And listen, all it takes right now is one person to start a rumor uh, on a Reddit board or something ridiculous um, that we saw today, and everybody runs with it. And I guess everybody just wants to talk about the Browns shaking up the roster in some capacity, and we're all getting ready for this long haul of boringness that is coming over the next two months. We are going to try to avoid that here at the OBR as much as we conceivably can, going to try to revisit some Browns history, so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, before you waste your time talking about Miles Garrett being traded for a middling linebacker and a even a couple picks that aren't a first-round pick over a course of multiple years, something similar to the Khalil Mack trade, you're just wasting your time and effort on social media. But to each their own, everybody apparently has their own opinion on rumors. I don't seem to find joy in entertaining them. But uh, nonetheless, here we are. And, um, you know, if you want to talk about it, that's fine. But just understand that that's not going to happen and it's not even worth getting upset about. So um, take that in stride. I did my best by ignoring it. I would imagine you did your own thing with it. And um, I just will tell you that Miles Garrett will be a part of the Cleveland Browns in 2020 if they get to play football. Real quick shout out to our two sponsors. First, Blue Chew, the proud distributor of male enhancement for those struggling. Discreet packaging, free physician visit online. If you're approved and get set up, it'll be delivered to your door discreetly. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get that first delivery free. All you have to pay for is the $5 shipping and handling. Again, that's bluechew.com. Also, betonline.ag, who has the fantastic welcome bonus. Should you like to gamble during the quarantine and as things wind down, they do have opportunities. Poker, blackjack, open 24 hours a day. Also, the ability to bet on Madden 20 simulations and sports trickling back in, getting out in front of some things. If you want to bet on some futures, those things are there as well. Again, betonline.ag using the promo code BLUEWIRE. We're going to bring in Fred Greetham, the OBR beat reporter, going to talk about a couple different things, including the schedule and some of his depth chart projections, especially interesting wide receiver and tight end, which he recently posted on the OBR page. Let's get over and uh, give you guys that interview with Fred Greetham. So, Fred, we haven't had a chance to really chat since the schedule was released Thursday. So I was pretty curious um, what your opinions are of the schedule as a whole this year compared to last. Well, you know, as far as they're not getting a break, playing the 14-2 and two Ravens to open the season in Baltimore. But interesting enough, Jake, that's the last time the, Brown, or the Ravens lost a regular season game was game four when the Browns went in there. Probably the highlight of their year. They became 2-2 two and two with that big win over the Ravens. 
and everybody thought the Browns finally had it going. They were two and two, tied for first place with the Ravens at two and two. And then the Ravens, you know, promptly won 12 straight, you know, to finish the season 14 and two. So, you know, they're going to go in there probably, you know, with not much expectation nationally. So it's going to give the Browns a chance to maybe sneak one out there. Um, but then again, when they come to Cleveland, they play on Monday night, you know, in week 14. And hopefully that'll have some meaning, you know. There it starts the final fourth of the season, Monday night game, before they close out with the Giants, Jets, and Steelers. So, I think the biggest stretch there they play four playoff teams in five weeks when they play the Texans, Eagles, Titans, and Ravens. You know, they're week 10 to week 14. So hopefully they'll all be meaningful games. But, you know, it's hard to figure out what team, you know, will be there in the fall. But it appears to be, you know, the schedule's the schedule. It really comes down when you play the AFC North, six of your 16 games, that's almost 40% of your schedule. So you have to win your AFC North games. And last year, you know, they didn't do as well as they did the previous year. So they got to, you know, with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cincinnati, you know, you're going to have to win them. And you start the season off with two in a row. You know, you play um, the Ravens in Baltimore, and then you come home for that Thursday night against the Bengals, Joe Burrow, second NFL game. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating with – you know, like you said, they 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 start with the uh, North and then they they close with those guys for the most part with Baltimore and Pittsburgh at the very end of the schedule, which will be interesting to see how those games matter. And really, the AFC North should be better this year in general, right? You're thinking Pittsburgh gets back their Hall of Fame quarterback. You would expect him to be healthy and and uh, ready to go, and that's an immediate upgrade for that team and that roster. And Cincinnati just has to. I mean, I guess he's a rookie quarterback. He could ultimately not pan out early here, but you would just think that they would be a little bit better than what Cincinnati was fielding as an overall unit last year. And they did some, some good things in free agency too. So you're looking at a team and in Cincinnati who's probably improved and those six division games are now even harder than they have been in the past. I'm interested, Fred, you know, um, you, you mentioned that week 10 stretch on the Browns don't play a team that went to the playoffs the, the year before after week one until that week 10 stretch. Um, you know, particularly interesting after that week 10 hit is two quarterbacks come to town, right. That are uh, notorious that the Browns passed on. You know, they, they, I think it's back to back weeks there. Deshaun Watson and, and, uh, and Carson Wentz come to town back to back. And it's like, you're going to look at two guys that you could have had and, a particular two draft series and that those games will be interesting and very meaningful for the Cleveland fan base. Would you, would you agree with that? Well, I would and even go back uh, before the Texans game, obviously they have a bye week, but they play the Raiders and they passed on Derek Carr. Yeah. I mean, I know that wasn't the same profile, but back that was the year they took Johnny Manziel, you know, and you took Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel and you had Khalil Mack and Derek Carr staring you in the face or Teddy Bridgewater um, and those were the guys that you know back in that day that I was of the proponent so yeah you're getting to see guys you passed up and um, 
Deshaun Watson, you know, that was a tough one, you know, and that was this regime to some degree because Andrew Barry was was in there. He wasn't the final decision maker. Uh, Sashi Brown was. But, yeah, Carson Wentz, that was a big trade. Sashi made, traded down, ultimately got Corey Coleman. Wow, that was a deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just going to be extremely fascinating to watch those two quarterbacks who probably feel – you know, in a way disrespected by the, the, the Cleveland Browns for passing on them or giving their rights away to somebody else to take them and how they still feel about that. It'll be point of contention. And if the Browns are playing well, it'll be intriguing. But if they're not playing well, it'll be all the, all the more <laughs> intriguing if both quarterbacks come into Cleveland and, and sort of make Browns fans suffer a little bit more that would not be a fun time so let's hope the Browns get off to a good start and I think right before that stretch Fred there's a a, a stretch of home games that, that keeps them home for a month right they have a home game and then a bye and then two home games right out of the bye so you get a whole month of time at home which will be important for them um, you know the schedule as a whole if you're looking at it Fred I'm asking you on the hot seat we will revisit this answer in like eight months what do you think that their record sits at the end of the year Oh, I haven't done the schedule game, but I really think that, you know, they, they need to have a winning record at least. You know, you haven't had one since 2007. And everybody's talking about the playoffs, and that's great. But how about having a winning record first? So right now I would say nine wins um, and accomplish that goal. I think a lot of it will depend on the defense. I think the offense – it all is going to go with Baker Mayfield. I've said this like a broken record. I, they've got there is no excuse for them to not have an, a productive offense. They have a quarterback uh, that has all the weapons he needs, and now he's got protection in front of him. If he can't be productive, you know, with this group, then then they're going to probably have to look for another quarterback. I'll agree. There's there's too many things that trended correctly this off season, and Baker ultimately has to be the conductor of this ship. And, and um, if not, and it's not his fault, I don't even know where the blame could lie. I just don't know a collective failure that so many different guys around the quarterback would fail to make that whole ship sink as it, as it could. I just have a hard time thinking that if things don't go well, it's not the quarterback's fault. But we'll keep, we'll keep optimistic right now. There's no reason not to be a lot of good players coming back into a system that can ultimately be really effective for them as a whole. You wrote up the depth charts, Fred, especially wide receiver, tight end. Those are interesting to me. You know, I looked at Minnesota's roster last year, what they broke camp with. Now I know that the rosters are increasing to 55 uh, instead of 53, which will have a bit of a factor here. But do you think they're a lock to keep four tight ends and then sort of how many wide receivers do you see them keeping around? If you're early season predicting here, obviously, but um, you know, I, I know that they only kept four wide receivers at the start of camp last year, or sorry, at the start of regular season in Minnesota. And with how little uh, Stefanski uses multiple wide receiver sets, you, you know, including three or more, I, I find it interesting to think that there's a lot of wide receiver names at the end of the depth chart, like Daryl Hodge, um, DJ Montgomery will get a chance to come back this year, Damian Ratley, um, you know, Jojo Natson, the return man is interesting. And then they drafted six round Donovan Peoples-Jones, who we're going to have up this week at the OBR. Just sort of curious if you think they keep keeping four tight ends as a guaranteed sort of thing there. And, and if so, how many wide receivers do you think they keep around? Yeah, um, I look at the tight ends. The guys they have, Najoku, Bryant, and Hooper, to me are almost all like 
pseudo wide receivers. They can play in the slot and they can play outside. So that allows them to maybe not have as many wide receivers. Last, you know, they did draft, like you said, Peoples-Jones and brought back Rashard Higgins, but that was the area they didn't really address that much in the offseason. You have your two top-of-the-ticket guys, OBJ and Landry, are both coming off surgery. So that's the, the big question mark. And since they're not really going to get on the field for a while, you wonder, you know, exactly how they're going to be. And you're kind of all in with those two. Obviously, they're two really good ones. But if they're less than 100%, then you got a problem. But, yeah, I think that the, the you know, Najoku with Hooper and um, Bryant – are pretty much locks and then I don't know I think they they have to be intrigued with Carlson you know and he's he's on the cheap you know being an undrafted free agent mm-hmm. and Pharaoh Brown I just think you know they brought him back they didn't have to so one of those two guys I think will stay around somewhere and it's it really will be a numbers game that um, I think how it goes in camp and how they do in uh, special teams. Kadero Hodge, you know, showed a little last year, but he was such a core special teams guy. And you would almost think Higgins is going to be the third receiver. So I think it could be battles. They might look at guys like Ratley and Hodge and Carlson and Pharaoh Brown all as one package and, and combine those tight ends, wide receivers, and who are the best for what we want to do. Yeah, I think they'll probably end up keeping around – five wide receivers, four tight ends, something like that. You've got to take into account that they will, you know, last year's roster, they, they probably keep, you know, most teams keep three running backs, but you wouldn't include three running backs in this equation to have a fullback. So that's an even separate position, which if you've paid attention over the last two years to the Browns, they've sort of morphed the tight end fullback, the end of the, end of the roster tight end into a fullback. But the trade for Andy Janovich tells us that they're probably going to trade, um, you know, lock in that roster spot for a fullback and what they want to do in this offense requires a fullback. So I have a particular intrigue in all of this because the end of the end of the roster wide receivers are interesting and I don't think they're going to keep a ton of them. They're not going to keep six of those guys around. So you lock in the top three, like you said, Fred, and then it's like a battle for who can contribute in multiple positions and who can contribute in special teams. And then who can also uh, step in and if need be and, and play like I said inside outside versatility but also make an impact on special teams that's where guys like Peoples Jones and guys like Hodge um, can make you know a big impact so somebody like Damian Ratley might be on the outside looking in that'll be that'll be really interesting and I don't know if fans will be able to come to training camp and get a close look at that stuff which is going to be sad and unfortunate because that's where a lot of that fun stuff happens with those battles and we get an eye on it but uh um, you know, we'll keep an eye on, on this stuff as best we can. Fred will have as many times as he can to ask questions about what's going on. I mean, we talked yesterday with Jared Mueller about the virtual training camps and stuff we might be looking at here and how fans might not be permitted. And we're going to rely heavily on the uh, local media who is there to give us insight on what's going on at camp and all of that stuff. So we will keep a close eye on it. And Fred will do as good a job as anybody is asking those those tough questions and also giving us reports on who's playing where and how often they're getting on the field. So keep an eye out for that. Fred, thanks for joining us, my friend. And I always appreciate, you know, giving us some time. Oh yeah. Let's just hope we can get to camp. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope that there's actual football. We'll deal with not being at training camp if we get to have football on Sundays, right? That's right. All right, buddy. Take care. 
That's a wrap, guys. Thanks for listening to Tuesday's edition of the OBR Newswire podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel where we have Nick Harris, quick film room going up today, the companion piece to the OBR's actual film room article that went up on Nick Harris Friday that is still available for you to read. Make sure you're reading the depth chart pieces from Fred Greith, and we will have more on Donovan Peoples-Jones coming up as we spend time breaking down the interesting career of that young man at Michigan and what he dealt with and was able to uh, to do the bo- the best with what he could. Uh, you know, some some clips have been posted on the OBR film breakdown channel there on uh, on Twitter. Hopefully, you're seeing those. We'll get the whole big picture out to you guys later this week as uh, we break down. God, I think we broke down 12 games of that one. I did so. Keep your eye out for that. Again, we appreciate everything you guys are doing. Subscribing to the YouTube channel, to this podcast, giving us reviews, all of that stuff's greatly appreciated. Hope you have a great Tuesday. Until we talk again, guys. Go Browns.